Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Advocate Podcast. My name is Dr. Matthew Lynch, and I'm your host. This is episode 14. Today, I'm going to talk about the danger of prejudging your students. Now, it's August 2019. A lot of schools are already back in session. By the end of the month and right after Labor Day, all of the students in the United States will be back in school as it pertains to K-12 students, that is. So I remember back when I was a K-12 teacher. I taught special ed, I taught history, so forth and so on. And I remember that as I had to receive new students, I would always get advice from their previous teachers as to how I should discipline them, how I should handle them, how I should teach them, how I should instruct them, what students I should look out for, what students were going to be my best helpers. And although I appreciated this inside confidential information from other teachers, and although I knew that it was coming from a good place, I also knew that there was a danger in that. Why? Because just like in my private life, when I get to know people, when I meet people, when I form these bonds and relationships with them, when I have to work with them, I don't want my relationship, I don't want my perception of them to be clouded by somebody else's experiences. Sometimes we'll have people say, hey, I hear you hanging out with so-and-so. Watch out for this. He can be this. I heard he did this. This is how he or she ended their last relationship. And sometimes some of these things are true. But I also believe that moments matter. Situations matter. The time in a person's life matters. Maturity matters. So I give everybody an opportunity to prove to me who they really are and who they really can be. So wouldn't I give my students the same respect? And I just want to tell you all about a couple of of stories, a couple of individual students that I dealt with throughout my career that showed me that I needed to not prejudge anyone in my life. And the first situation that I want to talk about is a young man named Robert. He was a student of one of my good friends who was a fourth grade social studies teacher. I was a fifth grade social studies teacher. Now, while he was in the fourth grade, Robert had a tumultuous relationship with my friend. There would always be arguments. My friend always said that Robert was a discipline problem. He was aggressive. He was this. He clouded the judgment of the other students. He was an instigator. He was always in fights. At one point, it got so bad that my friend and the student actually got into a fist fight. Now, my friend didn't actually hit the student, but the student hit him a bunch of times. And as this happened, I'm like, wow, what is going on with this kid? He's a fourth grade student. I'm going to have him next year. I'm going to have to teach him social studies. And my friend would tell me all about all these nightmare scenarios of how he poisoned uh, my friend's classroom. And how the results were just devastating. 
But even though he would tell me all these stories, and at the beginning of Robert's fifth grade year, he would essentially say, oh, you're about to get him. You're about to get this headache. I said, hold on. Let me take a step back. In every situation, every time I meet someone, I want to put my best foot forward, but I also want to go into this meeting or this relationship knowing that they don't have any preconceived notions about me and they're going to give me an opportunity to show who I really am. So I wanted to give my student, Robert, the same the same respect or the same chance. So the beginning of his fifth year, a fifth grade year came around and I was his teacher. And at the beginning, he was a bit rambunctious. He was a bit aggressive. But I showed him at the beginning that I was going to be firm, fair, and consistent. I wasn't going to allow him to do the same things that he did in my friend's classroom. But I didn't want him to do these things because I knew that it wouldn't help him get to where he needed to go. I knew it wouldn't help him progress as a young man. Progress as a young man. I wanted to show him that I loved him. And I wanted to see him grow. Another thing about Robert is Robert was actually a fifth grade student, but he was two years behind, which meant he should have been in the seventh grade. So I worked with him on his etiquette. I curbed his aggression. I showed him how to turn that aggression into leadership and to focus it into channels such as sports and other activities, hobbies that would allow him to take that aggressiveness that he used to get punished for and turn it into something that could actually be a positive. I also worked with him on academics. He was behind two years. He was a special education student. He became a pretty good history student. He was actually able to think outside of the box. He was one of my best behaved students. He was one of my middle of the road, I guess you could say, students academically, but I'll take it. He grew in both areas. And also he was a leader. So when students saw him giving me this uh, abundance of respect and love, they did the same thing. And even though I don't condone this, when other students would try to become aggressive with me or when they would attempt to usurp my authority, he would be a leader and say, hey, man, you're not going to do that to Mr. Lynch. He cares about us. He's a great teacher. You need to sit down. And they would fall in line because... In a way, they were intimidated by him. But he turned that aggressiveness and that intimidating figure into something positive. He used it as a way to be a leader in the classroom and to help me be the best teacher that I could be. So, Robert, that's one of my success stories. I knew him in the fourth grade. He was my student in the fifth grade. Helped him become better academically and also behaviorally. Turned that aggressiveness, aggressiveness into leadership. And he's doing pretty well right now. I mean, he didn't go to college. He told me he didn't want to go to college, and I, I supported him. He said, hey, I want to get out and get a job. And he actually went out, got a job, started his own business, and now he does construction. And I'm mighty proud of him. The next person that I want to talk about is Courtney. Courtney was a student that I had not during my time as a history teacher, but my time as a special education teacher. And when I first received Courtney, I was like, wow, why is this student in special education? Academically, he seemed to be very sharp. But in certain areas such as math, he seemed to struggle. 
He was in special education just because his mathematical reasoning skills weren't where they were supposed to be. So he wasn't totally learning disabled, which most students aren't. He just had some issues with mathematics. Otherwise, he was a great reading student, language arts, social studies, science. He was a great orator, very good speaker for a student that was actually in the sixth grade at the time. And teachers would say, hey, that Courtney, he's okay, but when it comes to math, he's just never going to get it. But I worked with Courtney for about a year. And we worked and we worked, and I finally saw what his glitch was with mathematics. He just had a problem with dyscalculia. Dyscalculia is a disorder where you pretty much jumble numbers around and you can't pretty much get certain mathematical formulas to fit right in your brain or to work right in your head. So when you approach these problems, this dyscalculia, it causes you to make little simple mistakes. So I just started to work on a number of strategies that I knew would help him become better. And he responded. He worked very hard. And we started to see little increases. He was a CD student. Then he became a solid C student. Then he became a solid B student. Then he became an A student. And from Christmas all the way to the end of the school year, he was an A student in math. His former teacher thought it was a fluke. Maybe I was doing his work for him, which was crazy. Maybe this was just uh, a phase, but they said, he's really never going to be a dominant mathematical student. And I said, no, the devil was a lie. He is going to continue this pace. Next year, I'm also going to have him as a student, and I'm going to continue to work with him. And throughout his life, he's going to be able to point to this point in his life where somebody like Mr. Lynch pretty much believed in him. Now, Courtney is another one of those cases where, of course, like I said, people and other teachers want to tell you what he is and what he isn't. And it also is one of my proudest moments because that was the first student that was in special education that I actually phased out of special education. And what do I mean by that? When you are placed in special education, special education is only supposed to be for a small duration of time. Your teachers, your interventionists, they're supposed to work with you on the skill or the issues that you're having a problem with, in this case, math, and they're supposed to work with you in order to get you back on grade level. Once you're performing back on grade level, and once you've been performing on grade level for maybe a, a number of years or a number of months, then we can have the conversation about phasing that student out of special education. Why do we phase that student out of special education? Because it's only supposed to be a short, durated program. It's only supposed to be until that student can get back on grade level and function on their own. Then they're supposed to be phased out, become labeled as a regular education student, and that's it. And I had a great fight with my principal and also other people in the district because I'm like, I'm going to phase these kids out. As soon as I get them back on grade level, I'm not going to keep them in special education. I want them to know that they can do it on their own. They no longer need special education. But unfortunately, it was a very difficult fight because the reason why most principals and superintendents want to keep these kids in special education is because monetarily it makes sense. They get way more money for a student in special education 
than they would for a student that's in regular education. But thankfully, I was able to convince his mom to stand behind me and we phased him out. Courtney is doing well. Courtney has a family of his own. I mean, I guess I'm dating myself now. But Courtney has a family of his own. Courtney will be 27 years old in a couple of months. He actually sent me a message, you know, saying hi and telling me how he was doing. I actually attended his wedding a couple of years ago. So me not giving up on those students, me not prejudging those students, giving them an opportunity to show me who they really were, giving me an opportunity to not let these preconceived notions cloud my judgment and poison my relationships with them. So since we started off by talking about the back to school um, period, if you're a new teacher or if you're a veteran teacher or if you're a teacher that's been um, in the classroom for four or five years, guess what? Take this message to heart. Allow your students to form a relationship with you without the poison of other people's thoughts and perceptions and misconceptions. So that's it for this episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in with me or so much for tuning in with me. We're going to be having a lot of content coming towards you guys, and hopefully you all will continue tuning in. Well, that's it. Like I said, see you on the other side. Love you guys. Have a great day.